I'm Gab, he's Jules. Gray skies over West London. In fact, supposedly there's a big storm named Kieran in Cairo. On his way. I'm, I'm guessing Kieran Irish, Irish storm. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Kieran Tierney? Scottish? It's spelled differently. I know, spelled but differently. Still, it sounds Anyway, uh, it's midweek, but there's still so much going on yes. because uh, Germany, uh, in Germany, the Pokal, Bayern Munich out. Against a strong team, no? Uh, no, against uh, third division oh, Saarbrücken. Wow. Saarbrücken, of course, nearly French. Of course. So, they um, <clears throat> so we'll be getting into that. We'll be talking Vinicius' new contract. There is actually quite a lot going on. We'll yeah, be reluctantly talking Ballon d'Or too. I love but, and I'm sorry, and I, I tried to waste time at the beginning so we could minimize the impact of talking about Manchester United because I think a lot of people are sick of us talking about Manchester United. But guess what? They leave us no choice. <laughs> they lost 3-0 at home to Newcastle. Now, look, it's the League Cup. So normally I say, well, it doesn't matter. It's a good thing because you can concentrate on Europe and blah, blah, blah. And I think certainly Newcastle, I mean, I think we, we need to give them some praise because yeah. I think that was Eddie Howe's thinking. Eddie Howe was thinking, all right, He's not even thinking, let's go and lose this game. But he says, this is the game where I need to rest people. I've had yeah. injuries and so on. I am looking at their lineup. Yeah, and the only people who I think we can describe as proper starters, like in in terms of everybody fit for Newcastle, are Anthony Gordon, and even that might be slightly touch and go for some people. But no, Anthony Gordon, fine. Yeah, um, Joe Linton. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. That is it. Long stuff potentially. Well, long stuff, but if Tonali weren't suspended, you'd Tonali, Bruno, Joe Linton in midfield, right? So hey. I think Emil Kraft at the back had not played in fifteen months. Yes. Demet as centre back had played five games in the last three years or something like, like that. Tino Livramento was man of the match. Uh, yeah. I think this was his. I don't know if this was his first I think start he or not. Played against City in the last round. I wasn't even sure he'd really move there, even no, though they this announced is the signing because I have seen him. This is Newcastle City team. <laughs> it is City team, and it's could United. But and at the end, Eddie Howe brought on Bruno Guimaraes and Callum Wilson for the last half an hour. And when he was asked why, I mean, you were three in the lab, why would you, why would you play those guys? Oh, it was like a training session for them. I mean, how much more? Are you get trolled you be, by Eddie Howe. Can you be humiliated when a coach right. that you just lost three at, at home against his C team says to you, oh yeah, I put two of my best players at the end so they could get some training in. Training. Now you play against Manchester United to, to, it's a training session. Okay, but let's be fair, because can we make the same case for Manchester United? I'm looking at their at their lineup. Yeah. And I see Casemiro. Yeah. Starter. Onana. Yeah. Starter. Uh, Anthony. Yeah. Starter. Mason Mount. Supposedly starter. Jogo Dalot. Yeah, but Dalot. No, Dalot is a starter. Dalot is a starter. Who's one Bissaka? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, right. and so, yeah, let's say four now. Let's say five. But regular on left back? Is regular? Not if Shaw's fit, but yes. No, but not, right no, now. No, but, but we use the same standard for Newcastle, right? Okay, but, so if everybody's fit, fair enough. But even then, this is, a, this is a stronger lineup on paper. And more importantly, what would really concern me about this, if I were Eric Ten Hag, is I've given an opportunity to some players now who are not, who don't get much playing time or just coming back. They're playing against opponents who are not as good. They're at home. Some of these guys haven't necessarily been tainted by a lot of the negativity because they haven't played very much, like yeah. like, like Hannibal, uh, like Garnacho. Yeah, Martial. Martial. I mean, who's going to blame Martial other than me? Um, and yet, they put on this sort of performance. And I've always sort of felt that 
from what I've been told and so on, the players still want to do a job for for, for Ten Hag. They're still on board for him. It didn't look like it yesterday. Well, if this is true, it means that they simply can't. And that's a concern. But we've said many times, if you have a structure, right, in place, where everybody in that, within that structure, whoever plays, knows what to do, And there's actually a logic to when the ball is there, this is what we do. When we have the ball and the ball is there, this is what we do. Structure. In the structure, you can leave a lot of freedom to your most creative players, but at least have a structure. When you change the players within that structure, your best players will supposedly do the best job. But even in that structure, if you move some of your first team out and your B team comes in, because of the structure, because the structure is strong, even those B players who are not as good as the A player, still do a good job because within that structure, they know what to do. So it's still not as good as your first team, but it's still good. Like we saw with Newcastle, this Newcastle team that is the C team, played like the A team of Newcastle, not as well. Because they're not so, as good. Yeah, no, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, they would not be PhD 4-1, yeah. but they still can be yeah. Manchester United 3-0 when, when United were abysmal and they don't have any structure. I think that part of the problem here, Jules, is so... Take Garnacho for Rashford, right? Garnacho can do some of what Rashford does, not as well, but he would be an example of this. Yeah. I don't know who can do what Bruno does, and that is maybe one one issue with this team. Continuing with this. Yeah. Bruno is not a problem for Manchester United. He's not. But when you have a player like that, or indeed, like you had with your Cristiano. Yeah you're not going to have a replacement who does the same thing. So you necessarily have to change when they're not there. Yeah. Right? When I say Bruno's not a problem, I'm not saying Bruno is faultless, by the way, because, you know, there's some things he does well, other things he can do well, but, you know, his, on balance, Bruno is an asset. Yeah, United, definitely. A big asset, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, so when he's not there, what do you do? You have to change the team. And that's what Ten Hag did. But yeah. I, I think he looks at this and he says, Anthony, I took you uh, in difficult circumstances, burning bridges and hurting relationships, by the way, with Ajax, because they were not happy when it went. Burning relationships for me, and I'm Dutch, and I was the Ajax manager. I took you here. And what have you done since then, other than accumulate police investigations, right? He looks at Garnacho, who, you know, I don't think Garnacho was terrible last night. But he says, this is your chance. Yeah. Seize it. Show me. Um, the other thing I don't, I don't get in all this is people often talk about inverted wingers and stuff. And obviously this wasn't the case last night because you had Martial. But when Hoyland's there, would it kill them maybe to try Rashford and Anthony or Rashford and Garnacho on inverted flanks? No. So that maybe no. they could deliver some crosses for people to run into, just mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things they can do, Gab. And I, I, I know he probably doesn't, Ten Hag doesn't have much time to work on things because they play every three days with the Champions League and maybe he thinks this is a dessert. But the way things are going, that's not going to be a problem much longer. No, that's very true. Although if they go to Copenhagen on Wednesday night, or Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and win there, and if Bayern beat Galatasaray, they're right back in that, say, the second place and looking decent for qualifications somehow, somehow. Because let's not forget that they get spanked by Newcastle. But before that, they could have got spanked by many teams and somehow avoided the Brentford. They should never win. Copenhagen, they should never win. Even Sheffield United away, they should not really win apart okay. from that Dalot goal. Reminder, those are, the only, the those are the only games in the last seven that they have not won. 
Uh, sorry, that they have yeah, not they have lost. Been, yeah. And for those who haven't been paying attention at home, Copenhagen, last-minute penalty save from, from Andre Onana. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brentford, two goals in injury time from Scott McTominay. Exactly. And the Sheffield United against a team that has lost every single game they've played this year except for one. Yeah. So And those were narrow wins that were not really deserved, to be fair. So I just don't even know where there's a bit of hope. There's no hope individually with, with forms of players because Holland, Rashford, Martial, Garnacho, Anthony, all together, one Premier League goal this season. What do you do with this? What do you do in midfield? It's clearly not working. Casemiro can't run anymore. Eriksen can't run anymore. Amrabat can run. Amrabat can run, but he's, he's not running right now. So I don't know what's I don't know what's wrong there. Hannibal, I mean, I mean, I, I love Hannibal. He's Paris born and bred, but of that's course. all he is. That's all he is. Mason Mount, not really sure. How can Tino Livramento, who hasn't played football for two years, can get the ball from almost his own box slightly over, right? Run past Garnacho first, then Hannibal, who was on the yellow. Okay, so maybe. Mason Mount looked literally like Madame Tussauds, uh, what you call those, like, uh, you know. <laughs> the wax statue. Yeah. That's Mason Mount for you. And then, Jogo Dalot, who's looking, one, he looks behind him, he says, okay, Almiron is here, I'm good. And then never looks again. And the, when the ball is through from Livramento, he goes, oh, no! Almiron scores. I mean, like, come on. Okay, so. So in- structurally, just before you go, structurally, Ten Hag has put nothing together. There's, there's no plan, no plan A, no plan B, no plan C. Well, not just that, he's also come out and said that, look, I'm not going to play the way I did at Ajax. Because I've always kind of given him the past that saying like, look, you got to get results, but long term you want to play the way you played at Ajax, which you didn't do last year and so on, right? And he's saying, no, 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 we're not going to play like Ajax because we have different players and we have different situations, right? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But at some point then, why are you there? Because if I just want somebody yeah. who... I want somebody to do what I know that he's good at, which, exactly. is, which is what he built at Ajax, right? And surely when he was interviewed for the job, he said, okay, this is how I play. I don't play. This is, this is what I do. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm going to do in this football club. He, he, surely, he can't, he, no, nobody arrives at a new club saying like, look what I was really good at. But now I'm going to try something completely different. What, what are you talking so, about? Okay, so we, we listed all the problems. We know the problems. If you are Manchester United's leadership, right? And unfortunately, in these situations, the conversation immediately goes to, should he be sacked? How much time do you give him? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not really interested in that. I, I don't believe you should sack Ten Hag now. Do, no, I don't I know agree. if you believe that, right? I agree. But I am wondering, what should you do? So if you're Joe Glazer now, or Richard Arnold, or, or John Murta, should you come step forward and say something? Should you address the fans? Should you address the club? Because I always I get know. this sensation. Do they want to hear from them? Well, okay. We know Joel's not going to do that for obvious reasons. But it's, it's interesting. And this is maybe a cultural difference, right? And I'm not saying it's good or bad. But if this were Bayern, who we'll get to, or if this were a club in Italy, I'm assuming in France as well. Yeah. In a situation like this, big club, terrible, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You get somebody other than the manager to come out and face the music and take accountability. The reason you do this is not that they're interfering or whatever, but you send a message that the manager's not there all on his own and yeah. has to fix everything on his own. Yeah, yeah. You send the message that 
somebody else is there also to take the abuse because I think that's important. Yeah. Because right now, you know, Eric Ten Hag did not do this all on his own. No, no, no. Right? You win together, you lose together, right? That's true. Richard Arnold, John Murcha are a part of this. Now, obviously, they don't pick the team. They yeah, don't, yeah. well, they, they have different roles, right? But it's all, I, I, and I wonder what's right. I mean, managers have told me, no, 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 no. I don't want the director of football or the club president talking, right, in this country, in England. I like that they don't. I like that it's just me, blah, blah, blah. Others have said, it would be good if somebody else spoke up occasionally. Yeah. Well, well, you. What's your stance? I, I think I think Tenag would really benefit from it right now if somebody said, look, it's a horrible situation. Otherwise, people are going to say, oh, no, it's the dreaded vote of confidence. It's not dreaded vote of confidence if you, then you don't sack them. It's just a stupid thing people yeah, say. Yeah, true. It just says... He feels quite lonely now, to be fair. He feels lonely. He comes up with lines like, I'm a fighter. I'm going to turn this around, right? And the thing is, every three days now, he faces the media. So... <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday before Wednesday's game in right. the League Cup. Wednesday night after the defeat. Friday lunchtime before the Fulham game on Saturday. Saturday after the Fulham game, whatever happens right. in that game. Tuesday before, etc., etc. So every time, especially when things are not going well, he's on his own against all the media who are asking tough questions. And rightly so, this is their job. And United stink right now, and so does he. So I, I agree in the sense that he could do with the support. I know this is not really in English football culture and certainly not at United ever. And I don't see Richard Arnold or Mertz or, or Fletcher or anyone in that club saying that, you know what, it would be good to... to, to, to it would be just... good if I face the media. And I, took some pre- you know, I, and, I, and I took some of the blame and some of the pressure with it. But, because, like, I mean, you know why they don't do it at United? Because, oh, that's not how Fergie did it. Well, guess what? Fergie was on one-off. Yeah, and yeah, he's not there true. anymore. That's true. Right? You know, Monday, so won things. you criticized Chelsea for how they build their squads. And I was at Chelsea Blackburn on Wednesday and it was bad. And somehow, I think that United get away with a similar criticism. They spend a hell, hell lot of money, half, half a billion pounds on transfers since Ten Hag arrived. Let's not even go into like Ten Hag's son, Ten Hag's agent. Nigel. Nigel and all that business, right, for now. And yet, how can you go from a... And we like Casimiro. You and I, have, we're big Casimiro mm. fan. He can't run anymore. He can still pass lovely the ball. He's still good. Anyway, but you still went from Frankie de Jong to Adrien Rabiot to signing Casimiro on a five-year deal. Four plus one. Five-year deal gap. Okay? After 18 months, everybody realizes he the guy can't run anymore. There's no way he's spending the next... So he's got another two and a half years on his current deal plus the, the potential plus one. He won't go all the way. This is, he, can't, he can't play for Manchester United in the way that they should be playing right now. Certainly no, so not with the kind of players that you can put next to him. And especially in that position. In what so who built that squad? Where is the criticism on that squad? How can that squad... Well, it's been built like this. All that I money spent for that. We know who built the squad. It's, it's Mercha and Ten Hag together. And Ten Hag, yeah, Ten Hag massively too. And um, for that, he needs to get blame too. I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I just think right now you're stuck with him. And I, I think, I would like to think that there are enough mature Manchester United fans out there that if somebody, whether it's Arnold or Murto, come out and they're given the green light to speak honestly and said, look, we spent a lot of money. We've had injuries. Some people got it wrong. Um, 
some calls were, were incorrect. We haven't been helped by the ownership situation. And, and admit it, you're not you're not blaming your boss, no. right? You're saying it is a fact. There's a long, they said the club is for sale and then it goes on forever. This has also hurt us. Yeah. And all these things have hurt us. And that's how we are now. But we believe Eric can take us where we want to go and blah, blah, blah. But just remove the conversation just from Ten Hag and the players because right now, because I, I, I think it's in the best interest of the club to do so. But you know, right now, this team looks so similar to the Solskjaer team. And by the way, Ten Hag and Solskjaer, same amount of pump per game. I think Solskjaer and the Solskjaer, they scored more goals, considered less anyway. But this, that derby on last weekend was similar to the derby that Solskjaer lost at Old Trafford 2-0 when Bernardo was the first nine and yeah. running riot and everything. This team, is they, they, they are back to where it was with Solskjaer and how bad and how flat that was. You know the difference? We both believe Eric Ten Hag is a far better coach than Oliver yeah. or Solskjaer. Yeah, right? so, how, so how that's can why you believe that Ten Hag can get you out of it. Maybe. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right, enough United. How about some quick hits instead? Bayern München are out of the oh, oh. German Cup, Jules. Oh, they let a 1-0 lead over third division Saarbrücken, uh, which, let's face it, Saarbrücken is nearly in France. That's why I yeah, asked you about it. on the border. Uh, so I'll let you handle how on God's green earth this could have happened. Wow. So I think that uh, just the the silver, li- silver, silver lining? Sil- yeah, silver lining. Silver lining for Bayern. The last time they lost to a third division team in the Pokal, they won the treble. So well, not in the same season because that would be impossible if no, they lost the, them. No, no, but like you know, the, the following year they won the treble, the Champions League, the league, and the super super. Yeah, that's not the treble. That's the nonsense. No, but treble, still, so, you know, yeah. they won the double. So they were not. They were not bad. Right. However, this was bad because it was a good team. You had Manuel Neuer in goal. You had Kim Delirte. You had Delirte did get injured. Yeah, he got injured. Okay, and came off. But you still had Thomas Müller, you had uh, Joshua Kimmich, you had Matisse Tell, you and had Alfonso Davies. So this is not like a Newcastle Manon City. Neuer. Yeah, yeah, with only kids from the academy. They take the lead and then they literally stop playing. Take it for granted. Kim try a stupid pass. They got caught. They lose the ball just before the, just before the break. They concede a goal. And then in the second half, they do have a lot of shots. Not chances. Shots on the edge of the box. Good, good position for a Musiala who came on, for Coman who came on, for Sané who came on, that kind of stuff. But no clear chances either. And guess what? On the counter, 96 minute, Saarbrücken scored the winning goal against Bayern in the. In it, the it's pretty game. unbelievable stuff. Sané actually, Sané actually started the game. It was, it was, it was uh, Coman, yeah, Mabry, sorry, yeah, uh, and um, and the Musiala who came on. But I'm going to ask you, um, who did not come on? Harry Kane. I, I'm just wondering, at 1-1, why not 100% send him on? It just seems but I was like, convinced that at some point I would see his number. He was on the, bench, on the bench. Could see him. Right? I think he even went to warm-up. So you lost, the super, you lost the German Super Cup against Leipzig. You got demolished, right? So yeah. that's one trophy out. In the, in the Pokal, which, okay, Leipzig have won the last two, but usually... Historically, Bayern do well in, and right. rightly so, because they have the, the biggest squad in the world, usually, which they don't, they don't have this season. You get knocked out again. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I, think, I think Tommy T was trying to do a psychological thing. You got yeah, us into this bit. mess. You get us out of it. To the players who are starting, let me challenge you to go but and yeah, show no. them. Yeah, but, but no. 
No, it didn't work. I'll tell you what. Been in charge 27 games. Uh, in his first 27 games, his record is considerably worse than uh, Julian Nagelsmann. In Julian Nagelsmann's Whoa. last 27 games, wow. right? So the one that let good sack. Yeah. I, not the good one. Yet. I don't think Nagelsmann was the problem. And I don't. And Thomas Tuchel isn't the problem or isn't solely the issue. Yeah, now. Yeah. There are deeper issues uh, in this team. Borussia Dortmund, on the other hand, gets past Offenheim 1-0 thanks to a goal from Marco Reus. Gab, they host none other than Bayern at the weekend. The when classic. It, when it rains, it pours, oh, doesn't yeah. it, potentially? Look, we've seen Bayern in this situation so many times. They're up against the wall and then they yeah. pull it out. They win five um, I'll tell you what, if they don't, and Borussia Dortmund, other than last week, Borussia Dortmund look a lot more solid. Yeah. This does not look like the old Borussia Dortmund. Uh, big question mark what this team is like without Emre Sean. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think he's back. Uh, but um, I'll be tuning into that one. That's going to be absolutely nah, it's gonna be huge. Great. And guess what? It's not going to affect the top spot, which is also fun about Bundesliga this year. Liverpool went away to Bournemouth 2-1 and are also through. Jules, are they the favorites now to win it? <laughs> and were you surprised that while Klopp made a ton of changes... Mohamed Salah played 90 minutes. I was a little bit, but if the data says that, you know, physically he's good, that he could do with the runarounds, why, you know, why not? I think... Why not? Because every minute he's on the pitch is a minute in which you could get injured or pick up a knock. Yeah, Yeah, but no. You can't can't approach games like that by saying, in that case, nobody plays ever. No, no, you play them in games and competitions that matter. But no, but the data on, you know, the medical data would have said that he was... Okay to play 90 minutes. Okay. I, it was just weird to me because, you know, you didn't have that many starters out there. You had Sly, you had yeah, him. Yeah. So that's the only thing. No, but- no. And Sobosly was good. Darwin came on and scored a, a lovely winning goal. Although, and I will go again, as I love Darwin, but it's a goal where his first touch, he's shockingly bad. <laughs> and that's why then he has to come back. It's just mad. But well done to them. Are they the favourite? Yeah, I think they are. Definitely. Because... Chelsea also advanced with the tiny win of a Blackburn as Benoit Badiashil and Raheem Sterling provide the goals. Gab, I was there. It was not nice. It was not good. But are you surprised, Gab, that Pochettino called the criticism directed at Nico Jackson, who was horrendous again? Dangerous? Um, so this, is, this goes on the back of, I think, Pochettino heard uh, the, the criticism, the analysis that was made by you on this show. Yeah, and, and Alan Shearer before that. Um, I like he says it's dangerous because young guy trying, trying to grow. Well, I like I agree with you, but you, he's in those situations because he he's the only center forward exactly. that you have, and it's really unusual to put a kid who's so inexperienced in this situation. Yeah. You know, Nico Jackson is not Kylian Mbappe or Erling Holland nope. in terms of being precocious and proving himself. He hasn't played that much top-level football. So that's why the criticism there. What's dangerous is having him as your only forward. And that's not just down to Pochettino, of course. I'm curious with Badiashila. I would love to see him seriously consider, because he's done this before. I think he got injured again yesterday. It looked like he was limping when he came off. I was going to suggest that. at some no, point, I know, me too. can we revisit the back three, please? But hey, maybe not. Jules, we ain't done with the quick hits. Yeah. Well, wipe that smile off your place in a minute because Arsenal are also out of the League Cup as they lose to West Ham 3-0 and Declan Rice gets a sort of reception you'd expect yeah. uh, from his old fans. Uh, Jules, Arteta took responsibility here. Yeah, loads of changes. 3-1, actually, because Martin Odegaard scored a late leg goal. I know, but it felt like 3-0. You were not happy that he came on. Nobody was watching in the sixth minute of injury time. You were not happy that he came on for the end. I, again, it's a bit like... 
Get him have a run, uh, have a run yes. in and stuff like that. In the midst know. of Storm Kieran nah, out there, it's not bad. When you're three 0 down, I don't know. I didn't think watching the game when I came home after the Chelsea Blackburn legendary game. Uh, they got unlucky on the on the Ben White on goal. I I thought West Ham played really well with Bowen in that kind of position on the shoulder on the counter. All of that was good. I didn't think that. They were much, much better than Arsenal, really. I thought Arsenal were bad. And certainly when you have no Martinelli, no Saka, it's not Reese Nelson on the right-hand side that can provide a similar thing. So you well, he chucked the, them all on at the end. So obviously yeah, but you lose a lot of your assets still, you know, and what makes you good. It's one of those. What you said before, this is a competition I think that Arteta doesn't really care about. It's not the priority. The priority is Saturday away at Newcastle and then Sevilla at home. Next 100% it should, it should not be so, the priority. I don't but think that's that why I was surprised that he sent these guys oh, on at the, yeah, end. at the end. That's what I understand. No, I guess. Bayer Leverkusen advance in the Pokal too, but they also get a bit of a scare away to another third division side, Sandhausen. Sandhausen, which Sandhausen, means uh, which means houses made of sand. Um, by really? the way, just like, you know, yeah. like sand castles, like the ones sand. you built on the beach when you were nice. little at Ile Doré, right? Yes, that's not, that's us. Um, so this this game, so basically he changed, he made eight changes. I think the message here is, hey guys, guess what? This is a Bayer Leverkusen squad. Is it ain't that deep, right? Yeah. Because it was still two two with five minutes to go. Then they scored uh, three times at the end. Obviously, the Bayer Leverkusen B team, not quite the A team, but some food for thought, I think, for Chabi Alonso. Definitely. Neymar has undergone surgery and will now miss 10 months for Al-Khilal. Jules, this is rough. Yeah, this is rough. He got his surgery in Brazil, back home, which Al-Khilal didn't really want him to. What, they wanted to go see a doctor in, yeah, in Jeddah? Uh, no, what? not in Jeddah. I think in Paris, they wanted the surgery to be done. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. No, well? I'll tell you why. Because the controversy around Neymar is not the sur- surgery happened. He got injured. Yeah. But nothing. It's that the day, so not the day before, but two days before the surgery, he had this huge party mm-hmm. in his house uh, that apparently, from what the video you could see on social media, stuff on social media looked quite uh, animated, let's put it that way. Even his girlfriend, I mean, the, his girlfriend, I think they're still together, the mother of his new baby, new baby girl, was just said, like, you can't, you, you know, this is not, you can't behave like this. Even the Brazilian president was like, you see Messi winning an eight ballon d'or, you can't, you can't get there if you don't live a life of a professional. And the Brazilian so, president, as in Lula, or the Brazil president of Brazilian FA, as in No, 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 as in Lula or, himself, okay. without naming Neymar, but that was clearly right. a dig at Neymar's life of the pitch and this is um, you know you don't I don't know you can get unlucky with injuries right but he's accumulated the injuries in the last five years mm-hmm. right and that's never a good look remember all those times I mentioned the percentage of games for Paris Saint-Germain that he'd started and you'd get yeah. angry 50% but- <laughs> you know 50% another Brazilian Vinicius has signed his new deal at Real Madrid Gab and he runs until 2027 I think this makes sense. Obviously, he was always going to extend. I think what's obvious to me, we've touched upon this before, I think Vinicius needs to add more dimensions to his game yeah. to really fulfill his potential. He's actually, I'm told, when it comes to football, quite an intelligent guy. Um, so hopefully he can learn from that and get better rounded. And Real Madrid can put him into situations where, you know, they don't just use him like a, a one-trick pony. I think yeah. part of what Carlos is doing this year, having him play in the two, is also with a view towards making him a better rounded player. He certainly has the ability to do that and the intelligence, I think. I agree, I agree. 
More Madrid. Alfonso Davies is ah. linked with a move to the Bernabeu, given that his contract expires in 2025, which obviously makes him substantially cheaper next summer. Good yes. fit, Jules. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think we can say, without betraying any secret, that Fernand Mendy's career at Madrid is over soon. <laughs> Uh, that Frank Garcia is a good young Spanish player but not a first team Real Madrid player also yeah. oh, it's not like he's 17 and he's yeah. going to yeah exactly and and then if you look of the potential target that you that if you're Real Madrid you can get you're not going to get Theo uh, for example so I think Alfonso yeah. Davis makes a lot of sense and I also think before Bayern fans get a little too uh, annoyed here Clearly, he's entering the last 18 months of his contract. Yeah. So if I was his agent, yes, I'd be knocking on doors exactly. around Europe saying, hey, hey, what exactly. can you get here? Yeah, that's very true. Okay, Gab, I can't believe that we haven't talked yet <laughs> about the Ballon d'Or. Leo Messi won the Men's Award for the eighth time ahead of Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappé. Are you okay with that? So you know my thoughts on this award. Um, I think you have to weigh it up based on the criteria. The criteria includes the World Cup in Qatar. Okay, so he did in 2018 and neither Griezmann or Mbappe won it. Yes, okay. So first of all, I can't believe you're saying Griezmann with all the love in the world for Griezmann. In no, the but same I'm just saying, he won the Europa League that year as well. But he was Lionel Messi back in 2018. Yeah, but Lionel Messi won this award because he's Lionel Messi, be- not because of his year. Are you saying Erling Haaland deserved the award ahead of Lionel Messi for his sterling contributions in the Champions League? Erling Haaland had a calendar year, right? So take away the World Cup. You can't take away the World Cup. No, but you do. You can't It's called France football. You're French. They write it into the criteria. (laughs) Include the World Cup. No, no. I'm sorry. Look, yeah. But once you do that, you're basically sending the message. Once we do that, once you put the criteria and say, this includes the World Cup. And once you decide it includes the World Cup, I don't see, based on how these weirdo Ballon d'Or voters vote, that it's going to be anybody other than Messi. No, but... Erling Haaland wasn't at the World Cup. True. And I think... Haaland and some City fans can feel a bit harshly done because of the season that he's yeah, They shouldn't because they shouldn't care about this. But no, they should because players do care. So if they do care, we care too. <sighs> I'm just saying that this Ballon d'Or is not the best player of the World Cup awards. Okay. That's what I'm uh, saying. Speaking of, in the women's Ballon d'Or, oh. Aitana Bonatti finished ahead of Sam Kerr and Salma Pariuelo. Uh Does this make sense That's to you, Jules? And the reason I ask is, correct me if I'm wrong, you know much more about women's football wasn't Sam Kerr injured for a big chunk of the World Cup? Yeah, She'd only she come was. on for the last half hour and whatever. She was, but she So was, how did she finish second? Because she was still the best player, one of the best players in the world before that in the right. Champions League. She, so she's much the, better than Salma Pariuelo and Fridolina Rolfo. Rolfo, and, yeah. And, and the, the Colombian girl and everything. Like, yeah, Caicedo, yeah. yeah. Okay, just check. Yeah, so you're okay, so it's fair. I'm okay. I, I, I don't watch anyway. what women's support the judge. No, I am okay with that. I am okay. I mean, Pariuelo, she's young. She had an incredible rise, so maybe it's a little bit early for third, but anyway. Right. If Mati, you tell me, I trust you on Bonatti that. Bonatti is the absolute deserved winner, winning everything, playing so well. She's amazing. And even her speech, I thought, was amazing. So perfect. Ruiz Diaz was not involved in Liverpool's uh, league-up trip to Bournemouth, as he wasn't at the weekend as well. The search for his kidnapped father continues. Gab, we said it on Monday, but his mum made a, uh, his mother had been released and she made an emotional appeal for her husband to return. Yeah, like this is a very sad story and our thoughts are with Luis Diaz yeah. and, and his family. Back to Brazil, Jules, after President Lula said he preferred Brazilian to coach a national team. Former legend Romario went so oh. far as to say bleep F- Ancelotti. F- Ancelotti. Um, I don't think those two at least like Carletto as much as we Why? do. Why? What's wrong with Carlo Ancelotti I, being I, the Brazil manager? I get it. 
if I were Brazilian, I wouldn't want Carlo Ancelotti why? either. I would want a Brazilian coach because but why? I, but I'm sometimes Brazil. Sometimes you don't. Why? You get serious countries appoint people from their own country. That's my general view. Nothing wrong with others who do it. When you have Brazil's history, I can, I, I can understand. I can live with that. Yeah, but there's times where you don't have the, the potential, you know? <laughs> Union Berlin out of the German Cup as well, Gab. And it's now 11 consecutive defeats in a row. Yes, they were beaten last night by Stuttgart uh, 1-0. Look, at least they lost to a good side, albeit one without Serhu Girassi. That's all I can say. 11. This is oh, uncharted territory. Prosecutors are still working on Paul Pogba's doping case, Jules, but Gazette de Sport are reporting that it's looking like a two-year ban. Yeah, it's not looking good, is it? I feel for him so much. I really do. And I know he's partly to blame, of course, for this. You don't, you don't take products like that, whatever they are, food supplement, or food, I don't know how you say it in English. I don't, I don't know. I, I, just, I, just, I just think that two-year ban is it. It's over. If he gets, if he gets 12 months, Maybe 10. I think there's still a way out of this and you can continue for another year or two, maybe, I don't know, in Liga, somewhere. Two years, is finished. Um, there was a suggestion that they were going, his lawyers were going to use a, a procedure where they were going to go to the court of arbitration of sport directly um, and that they meet certain conditions. WADA opposed, the World Anti-Doping Agency opposed it, so now it's even a longer oh. procedure. It's, it's a tough spot he's in. And Pogba's salary has dropped to around 2,000 euros a month as a result of the suspension, and reports in Italy suggest that they could use the savings on, wa on his wages, Juve that is, to sign Thomas Partey from Arsenal. Would that be a good idea? No, it would be a stupid idea. I, I think they should learn uh, the rules about, um, learn from the past about signing uh, Spanish-speaking players whose last name begins with a P and who play in midfield and who make a lot of money. <laughs> Thinking of Leandro Paredes here. No, I can't. Well, I can't uh, believe you went from Paredes. Paredes not going to be as bad as Paredes, but... Nope. Uh, no, it would be a bad idea because guess what? How did Thomas Partey do last night or the week before? Oh, look, he's injured. Well, you do not need is another player making you, re you replace one injured, now unavailable for different reasons player who makes a lot of yeah. money no, with another old injured player, not to mention Partey's other baggage. Um, and you can Google that since I'm not allowed to talk about it. I, I, for me, I don't. I, I, to me, it doesn't make sense. You've gone down this road. Yeah. You're going with the younger players. Yeah. Stick to it. Balance the books. See what you finish. It's not about trying to win the title this year. It's about finishing top four, build a base, and see where you're on the summer. See if you want to keep this manager in the summer, by the way. And, and figure it out. I know. Fluminense will play Boca Juniors in the Copa oh, Libertadores yes. final this weekend, Jules. We got Felipe Melo yeah. at age 40. Ganso and oh. Marcelo on one side. By the way, this is the Real Madrid Marcelo, like yeah, the one yeah, with all the trophies. No. Uh, Edinson Cavani, Marcos Orojo, and Sergio Romero yes. on the other. We're going to be rolling back the years. And we all stay up to watch that final because it's going to be pretty special. Pick your side, really, if you're more on the Brazilian and Gonzo, if you like this kind of player. Marcelo, the most, one of the most successful uh, footballers in the world in terms of trophies. If you prefer the more Boca side and Cavani and Rojo and those kind of like that kind of fighting spirit, it would be great. And I think, to be fair, we haven't spoken enough, I think, in the past about what South American side are trying to do by, okay, sometimes bringing back the Brazilian players, Argentinian players, Uruguayan players in that case, towards the end of the career back home. 
sometimes they're a bit too old and they don't really bring enough back to the club. But sometimes it works. And we saw Flamengo before even mm. doing really well in the uh, in the club's World Cup because of the, the, the input that those uh, players who used to play in, in Europe a lot and then came back to finish their career back home was, was bringing to the, to the team. Can you imagine Sergio Romero saves all those penalties for Boca Juniors? Then, then he goes to the Club World Cup and does the same against Man City. Oh my God. Then he pulls off his top and he's got a Manchester United oh, top underneath. Romero and Rojo. That's it. I forgot. Yeah, Rojo too. Yeah, all three are former Manchester United players. All three are. I just made the connection. They want to. They want to win this. See, United United fans. If you find it difficult to root for United right now, yeah, um, you might have more fun rooting for Boca. Exactly. Everton beat Burnley three 0 and also advanced in the League Cup. But Gab, what happened to that Premier League investigation? When they supposed to hear their fate by now? So. If I were an Everton fan, yeah. like our producer today, Graham, who was uh, looking at me through the, gu- through the glass there, I'd be really annoyed because you can't have these leaks to the media like they had yeah, like the two weeks ago, 12 stuff, points, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there's no follow-up, right? This is a pretty simple case. This is, not, this is not 115 violations from 10 years ago like Manchester City. This is one violation. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to go and brief the okay, you're close to a resolution, then make sure you're close to a resolution. I don't see how difficult it can be. And it's not it's not fair to the club. It's not fair to the prospective buyer, buyer 777. Yeah. You know, we've got a raft of their own issues. It's just more uncertainty makes Everton's life more difficult. I'm glad at least they get some relief in the League Cup. I know, it's good. Two wins in two now, I think. Meanwhile, those Luis Suarez to Inter Miami ah, rumors are back, Jules. They are, and they look... They look more real than ever, Gabi, and I think we will see it happen. He will go back, to, he will go to Inter Miami with Messi, with Busquets, with Alba, with all of that. He's still in decent form because he turns 37 in January, uh-huh. so he's not the youngest. He's got 10 goals in 25 games for Gremio, as you mentioned to me on our, on our, on our stats. I mean, I don't know. Is it good for MLS that 37 with Suarez come to the league? I think it's good, but I don't know if it's good on this team because. We saw Luis Suarez. Okay, I haven't seen much of him at Gremio, but I saw plenty of him at Atletico Madrid at the end of his career. And he can still contribute, but he contributes in a certain way. And one of the things is, if you already are playing with Lionel Messi, do I want two guys at a walking pace up front? I'm not sure. Um, I think Messi wants to win. I think this whole narrative that, oh, Messi wants all his friends there. Yeah, Messi would also probably like a younger guy who can get on the end of his assists and then playing the ball into space. Yeah. Mines and Wild Gazi is reportedly in danger of having his contract cancelled, which is odd because the club announced his suspension had been lifted only a few days ago and he was back in training. What happened, Gab? So basically, Anwar Ghazi, originally he posted, um, he made a post on on Instagram where he accused Israel of genocide um, for events in in Gaza. He, He deleted it almost straight away, but the club suspended him. There was an investigation. Then the club issued a statement saying, okay, suspension's over. He can come back to training. Now he's issued a statement saying, I have no remorse or no regret. And this puts the club in a very difficult position now because if you're suspended, it kind of means you're accepting your punishment. Um, I don't understand what's going through his head. If you have no remorse and no regret, yeah. then you don't make the post and then delete it afterwards, right? Um, without getting into the merits of the post, because <laughs> I know better than, than, than to get into that. Um, I, I think it's a messy situation. Clearly, there's been some serious miscommunication here. Graham Potter is on the shortlist to be Sweden's new manager. 
Good option, Jules? I think it's good. I mean, Yane Henderson has to go anywhere now. He's been there far too long. They've been terrible in their Euro qualifiers. And I they have trying. good players too. They have really good players. I think they, I don't, I don't think they can qualify anymore. They're, they're third behind Belgium and Austria in their group. They've got seven points and Austria and Belgium have already qualified. So it would be a Euros without, without Sweden. And obviously he knows Sweden really well because of the Ostersund saga. That's where his where, career started. Really, yeah, where yeah. he started, where things went so well for him. They know him well too. Is he still, still a bit too young to go for a national team head coach job now? I know Nagelsmann is gone, but Nagelsmann has gone just because the Euros is in Germany and mm. it's until the end of the season and after that he will leave. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just not the kind of challenge that he's looking for right now compared to a Premier League club, for example. So but my thing with this is if you're Graham Potter, right, the logical thing, the logical way, ba way back into the Premier League is you either go to a bad team that's willing to spend money or you go to one of those teams that are, you know, Aston Villa, West Ham, those kind of mid-table yeah. sort of... Seven to ten, Most and you United. try to move. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> um, the difficulty is, or, or you go back to Brighton, maybe yeah, once yeah. the Zadby leaves to go manage Real Madrid. <laughs> um, the difficulty is, I don't know that those jobs are going to open up soon. And the more that you're out, no, I understand. If you make the next mistake, was well, I think Sweden's pretty low key. You know, you you go, you work, but don't you get forgotten a bit? Don't you think uh, they'll, they'll they'll see you at the World Cup in 2026? Yeah, and then they'll remember who you are. Yeah, remember the mean. name, Graham Potter. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, the only remaining bid for the 2034 Men's World Cup after Australia dropped out. Gab, it's not a surprise. And they can only get it, right? There's nothing else can happen now. They would get it for sure. Well, they still have to go through the vetting process. Um, yeah. And, and I, I find it slightly... Like, I mean, it's a test for FIFA, right? We can all be cynical about this. Haha. -ha. So two things have to happen. One is their bid has to essentially be approved. And part of the bid is about infrastructure and whatever, which they'll have no issue with. And hotel rooms will just build more hotels and they've got plenty of years to do it. The other one is about human rights. Um, yeah. FIFA wrote human rights requirements into their own rules. Human Rights Watch pointed this out. Amnesty pointed this out. Uh, I am not enough of an expert yeah. on those rules and on the situation in Saudi Arabia right now to definitively say they don't meet those requirements. Uh, but I think I know enough for just from reading papers that I don't think they meet those requirements as they're written and as I interpret it. But yeah. I'm not deciding. FIFA's deciding. What Saudi can say is, hey, 2034 is in 11 years. Our country's changing. We're a very young country. We might be in an entirely different place in 11 years' time. And that obviously opens up a whole other thing. Um, so as Australia dropping out, we, we said this before, right? The only way that there was going to be another bid, and I think it might, might have been kind of neat, would have been, you know, uh, like Australia country, with New Zealand, yeah. with Indonesia maybe, with others in the region, spread it out that way. You could have put together, I think, a viable bid. But I go back and I plug my own column on this. Yeah. I think going forward, FIFA under so much pressure to make money that World Cups will only be held in for the foreseeable future. I mean, the bulk of the World Cup, obviously, in North America, Europe, or Asia, because right now that's where all the money is. And summer World Cup or winter World Cup in Saudi Arabia? Surely, summer is it's the same issue that we had in Qatar, right? Who knows? By twenty thirty four, honestly, 
who knows what global warming will be no, like I in 2034. So. Who knows what outdoor uh, air conditioning will be like in 2034. It's so far away. I hope it's not uh, in the winter? a winter World Cup. Oh, sorry, I hope it's not a summer World Cup. And I hope it's not a winter World Cup. Yeah. Uh, so, so. I, uh, no, no, I mean, joking aside, I think the best time to play football um, would probably be October, November. But that would be even more of a disruption. Yeah. So I genuinely don't know. Jules, more shocking news. Inter Miami canceled their planned friendly tour of China. Do you think it might have something <laughs> to do with the fact that one of their star players might not be available? Well, let Joseph me see. Martinez, of course, moving on. And he's yeah, no, Joseph Martinez. And I think a lot of the Chinese fans of Inter, Mila, Inter, Miami, Inter, Mila, Inter Miami were very disappointed that Joseph Martinez would not be there. I mean, we said from the beginning that was such a bad idea anyway to have those two friendly matches in China. It's not a best bad idea if Lionel Messi's there. It is a bad there. idea. But what would you and Messi go to? And you get paid $10 million yeah, a but, game just to, for people yeah, to but, wave to Messi from a distance. But What would you and Messi go to China? Yeah. So I'm glad they cancelled it. It's not happening anymore. And now they can prepare properly for what should be an exciting season really coming up for Inter Miami with Messi, with Suarez on his way. You know, this is we've hardly seen Messi really in MLS. So we saw him in the in the League's Cup, but not in MLS. We saw him in the MLS Cup as well. Yeah, in the MLS Cup, but only in the two domestic kind of domestic cups, not in the league really. So let's get excited and let's forget about China. Chelsea, Chelsea under investigation, guy by the Premier League for two transfers. Should Todd Bowley be worried? So. This I is mean, in addition to the other investigation. I don't yeah. think Todd Bowley should be worried. He flagged it up, right? Anyway. <laughs> they self-reported. Yeah. They self-reported uh, some, what, what are purported to be, what they suspected when they did a due diligence about the club. They said, look, we think there's some weird movements of money here uh, that seem incorrect to us. Uh, this happened in 2013. So it's 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's, what, nine years before Todd Bowley bought the club. I don't think he... I'm not even sure he knew that Chelsea existed nine years ago. Yeah. So um, I probably never knew of Anji Makashkala either. I think definitely uh, <laughs> not familiar with Anji. These are the transfers of Samuel Eto'o and uh, and William Samuel Eto'o, by the way, was a, was a free transfer. If you remember back then, there was that guy whose name escapes me right now, Akhmatov, I think was yeah. his name. Uh, at Anji, who had a lot of money and he gave Eto'o that crazy contract. He was going to turn them into power. I mean, this is a time when Anji's in Dagestan, which has been yeah, in the news exactly. for other reasons recently. Yeah. Um, but the situation, even back then, this is what I found so absurd about it. Even back then, the situation was so unsafe in Russia because of um, uh, apparently separatists and, and infighting. Yeah, all the tensions. They, all the players lived in Moscow, trained in Moscow, and then they would fly down to play their games in, in Dagestan, in, in Dagestan yeah. and fly back. So, I mean, this is, this is what football was like, by yeah. the way. You know, the good old days. Yeah, no, these That's are not the good old true. days. So, no, Chelsea, Taboli, you got nothing to be concerned about here. The Times are reporting that the FA have written to players to remind them that they could face police action over posts relating to the situation in Gaza. You okay with this, Jules? I'm not. I mean, I can understand the, the FA feeling the responsibility of reminding the players. I think everybody should be free to have the opinions that they want, whether they're political, sporting, musical, choice, yeah. anything you want. And if they want to post something... In support of the Israel victims, they can. If they want to post something in, in support of the Gaza victims, they can. You know, as long as there's no, it doesn't go too far, like the Yusuf Atal, for example, which yeah. we explained uh, in the last show, the show before, then I'm fine. If he's just supporting people who are right now 
in a zone of conflict. You don't have to be for no. one side or the other. Exactly. I, I, I think it's about who should be deciding what's appropriate or not. So I think it's very simple here. And I think the FA in some ways have said, guys, we don't, the ones, we don't want to be the ones to have to make a decision here, right? Yeah. So if you do something that breaks the law, you've got the police coming after you um, because, as I've discovered, free speech in this country where we live and where the FA uh, as jurisdiction <laughs> isn't quite as ironclad as it is in other countries. Um, and equally... If, you, if what you say violates your club contract because you say, because they, they have these, these clauses yeah, which yeah, do, yeah. in their contracts, everybody does, Clubs right? Them, then it? you take it up with your employer. In the same way, if I say something, my employer can limit my free speech. Yeah. But the FA, I, I think that is the right thing. Said, We're not going to get involved here yeah. because it's up to the clubs and it's up to the law. And so I've been critical of the FA in the past, but this time I think they made the right call. Morocco's Widad will face South, Afri South Africa's Mamelodi Sundowns in the final of the African League, with the first leg being played this weekend. Gab, I suspect many don't know what the African League is, so please tell us. <laughs> yeah, so this is not the African Champions League. No. This is something that I think originally was called the African Super League, because, um, but then they said, eh, Super League is some negative connotations. But the idea is this, right? In Africa, you have a situation where you have some very big clubs um, and some clubs that actually have real money um, who dominate their own leagues, who don't get to play each other as often. They play each other in the Champions League. So they said, let's create another league, kind of like a Super League across Africa. And the reason we do this is that way we can attract Pan-African sponsorship. That way we can all make... It can be more lucrative for those clubs. And that way, it can maybe help some of those clubs retain talent. All those African players who often leave very young, often for very little money, and come to Europe, maybe they can stay in Africa for, for a few more years or maybe their entire career. Yeah. Maybe when they leave, African clubs can get some proper transfer fees. This is the thinking behind it. It may develop into that next year. I know it's controversial because some people hate the idea of Super League. This is kind of like a test run that they had this year with, with just eight teams. Um, Shirley Mamelodi Sundowns and uh, Widad are two teams that have done well. Widad certainly in the African Champions League over the years. Yeah, You'll see them again right. in the African Champions yeah, of course. League. We're not done talking Real Madrid Brazilian winkers and new contract nah. rules. Fabrizio Romano and others reporting that Rodrigo has committed to a deal through 2028. Yeah, again, that was expected. Like Vini, like Camavinga, like Valverde. Yeah. Uh, those players, which I think Real Madrid, of course, have an amazing future ahead of them with those young players. So it's right to make sure that those contracts are solid and nobody would come and try to exploit the fact that they're just one year away of the end of their contract and things like that. I'm wondering here, and just to, I'll just chuck this in at the end, but uh, my Real Madrid supporting friend is very aware that one Kylian Mbappe becomes a free agent in yeah. the summer and is very aware of the fact that come January 1st, he can sign a deal with any other team. Yeah. And he's thrown out a scenario where because Kylian, if he comes to Real Madrid, especially with the new manager, they're likely to get, if it's a Xabi Alonso type, He says, you know what, maybe Mbappe isn't the greatest fit given that Vinicius is there. And he's drawing up a scenario where they get Erling Haaland instead. With the thinking being that Erling Haaland must have that clause that really? Rafael Pimenta doesn't like to talk about, but that he's yeah. always had before. I, maybe he has one at City, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't, we don't know. If they have all that Mbappe maybe. money, you agree, Haaland would be a much better fit than Mbappe. But you buy them both. But no, you buy them both would be Why fun. would Kylian Mbappe not be a good fit for Real Madrid? He would be a good fit for anybody else. 
but that Holland would be a better fit because you have Vinicius. That way you can do Vinicius, Holland, and then you can put whoever you like on the right. Doesn't really matter. Maybe just Vinicius and Holland with Bellingham behind. Yeah, maybe. But you can also put Kylian and Vinicius with Bellingham behind. You can, but yeah. the other way is more rational because one's uh, actually a center yeah. forward. And, no? if, you, right. if you prefer okay. tall Norwegian than like handsome French, yeah, why not? Sheffield Wednesday owner Deshfon Shansiri, sorry Deshfon if I mispronounce the name, needs to raise two million pounds to make payroll and has suggested that if they get 20,000 fans to pay 100 pounds each, 100 pounds each, it might be a good solution. Please. So the club are in serious financial difficulty. They're okay. in danger. Uh, what's, of... what's this Deshfon? What's, what's his, where is his money coming from? Where is his job? So, I don't know. Supposedly, he's a multimillionaire. Okay. He's the guy who, like a month ago, went on this rant on the club website where he complained about all the money he's put into the club and whatever. I know Sheffield Wednesday, I think I, I read that they're drawing something like 26,000 this season. In the past, they've drawn as many 39,000. Yeah, they have an amazing fan base. This is an amazing fan base. Um, I find it, frankly, insulting Completely. that you go back and you ask, especially... With the cost of living in crisis and the way things are now, that you're asking 20,000 fans to pay 100 disgrace. pounds. Um, I, I think this, this is a serious issue. I think what you do is you go and you work out something uh, with, with the leagues, and uh, that probably involves you exiting stage left. If I was a Sheffield, United, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I'd be like, okay, you know what I would do extra now? I think Sheffield Wednesday, I'm being totally serious. You say, you know what? We'll pay. We'll get 20,000 of us to pay 100 pounds each. And in exchange, we want X percent of the club. Yeah, right. And it ends up wins the fans. Dead fun. And if you don't like it, We'll take it. Because you know what? Even if Sheffield Wednesday get relegated, they'll be worth less money, which means you'll have to sell for less money. Yeah. And they can go down the divisions. But guess what? We'll still be here. Yeah. Because we're Sheffield Wednesday fans. And we remember when we, were, when we were near the top of the Premier League and we yeah. were there. And we're here now in whatever crappy division of the football league that we're in now. And we'll still be there when they go further down. No, but it's a fact, right? Wait, it is, the, the, it the is. Man City fans who were there in League One, the Leeds fans who were there. This is what some of these morons don't understand about the hardcore fan base. They're not just there in good times. They will be here when Chinsiri is long gone. Yeah. And I think that's the reality. I think yeah, they've proved it. It is. All right, Jules, let's talk more Ballon d'Or because yeah, I can't get enough. I love the Ballon d'Or. The Copa Trophy going to the top three youngsters under the age of 21 has Bellingham, uh, Jamal Musiala, and Pedri in the top three positions. Make sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Why Pedri? What? Why not Gavi? What about Pedri? Because what? Pedri... Was Pedri, Pedri what, injured Pedri? Why? Well, he was, he's injured now. He was not injured all the time. He had a phenomenal World Cup, didn't he? Well... Not a phenomenal World Cup. Oh, yeah. Right. But okay, I would have gone I Gavi. see nothing wrong. I would have liked Florian Wirtz a little bit higher up. But in it's the... another one at a great World Cup. <laughs> it's not just about the World Cup. There are seven it obviously games. is. Otherwise, Messi it's wouldn't not. have won the award. Seven games it is. Seven games for, for the ones who went all the way to the final. Some had three games, like the Germans. Let's remind, <laughs> let's remind them that they were humiliated in there. So it's not just about the World Cup. However, saying that, if we talk <laughs> no. about the coveted Yashin Trophy gap... <laughs> For the world's top goalkeeper, guess who won this? Maybe someone who won the World Cup too. <laughs> well, yes, it was Emmy Martinez yeah. who then uh, danced around with the World I Cup. I can tell you that was... if Hugo Lloris had won the World Cup with France, I don't think he would have won the uh, Copa, unfortunately, the uh, Yashin Trophy. I don't know, but unfortunately maybe, for him. maybe if Hugo Lloris had uh, won the World Cup and then danced around using the World Cup itself as if it was some sort of toy yeah. and made a complete <laughs> buffoon of himself, then maybe he would have won it. So I'm not... He's a very good goalkeeper. 
Uh, Edison was second. Yassine Benou was, was third. I don't know. I don't know what this award means anymore, right? Edison won everything in sight. Yeah. I don't think Edison had a tremendous season by his very high standards, no. but he won everything. Yeah. Um, Benou did very well with Morocco. That's really great. And then, you know, did well with Sevilla as well. He's not the third best goalkeeper in the world. We, no, but we it's we not supposed to be. But it's not a, but it, Messi's not the best player in the world either right now. No, is but he, in 2023, that's just supposed to be what it is. Hey, dude, it's your award, not I mine. know, I love it. But sometimes... You know who I agree, for, agree with? What? The winner of the Gerd Moller Award. I think they got that one right. Yeah. I mean, do you know what the Gerd, why don't you tell people what the Gerd Moller Award is since it didn't even exist until a year ago? Yeah, so he's for the top goal scorer or best goal scorer. He's the top goal top scorer, scorer right? who can only be because he scored fifty-six statistic. goals. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> That's, there's no argument so this there. One, there's no voting. Spain's women's team beat Switzerland seven-one, but Irene Paredes, who was supposed to win her one hundredth cap, didn't get the play jewels. No, she didn't. Gab, I mean, I found this incredible, but somehow. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, at the, at the Spanish FA, when they registered the squad for every game, they could not, or were not able to, or made a mistake, we're not really sure, register the, the, the right squad. See, instead, look, Luis Urbiales leaves and everything falls apart. Right, clearly. Instead, they registered the, the squad from the previous game, where Paredes right. could not play because she was not fully okay. fit, so she wasn't in that squad, which meant that even if she was ready for that Switzerland game, uh, Montetomi had to use the squad from the last game Look, so you had players who were not fit, who were injured in that squad, who were in, in the team sheets against Switzerland. It, it doesn't make a difference because they won 7-1, to one, although it makes a difference to Irene Paredes. Of course. I don't understand, and this is my issue with laws and rules and regulations, and you know I'm not a fan of them. Um, surely there's some computer nerd in the basement in Neon Oh, look, here's Irene. Irene, are you fit? Yeah, look, I just showed up. Are you really Irene Paredes? Yes, I am. Here's my passport. Okay, fine. Sorry, okay, you know, Hans Jorg in the basement in Neon. Update the stupid database and let her play. I know. This is common sense. Who benefits from this? Nobody. But like, why, why are they scared? What, if, if, if some players turn up who are not registered, right. they, they would play them? Why is it, is it like Iniesta in disguise? We're going to play with the women's team? But I, like, I don't understand. This is so bad for her. And she would win that 100th cap because she... Yeah. It's not like if it was the end of her career and only Jenny and Puteas have more than 100 caps. So it's, I'm sure it's very special for Paredes too. But this is an absolute joke, man. Talking about jokes, back to Manchester United, Gabby. According to multiple reports, several players are complaining that their socks, that is the match socks are too tight, while Andre Onana has had to wear a different shirt because the one that he had was, again, too tight. So he took a replica one, so not the real ones, the, the kind of cheaper one that you can buy at the shop, to be the right I, size. I mean... I'm, okay, so this is... So Adidas, Adidas are the company that supplies yeah. their kit. Um, I was going to make a joke. Hey, Andre, like lift your weights, get a little bit less buff, and then you'll have no problem. This is just stupid. I don't know. I'm not blaming Adidas or playing United. I would imagine that if you've got this massive contract yeah. to go and supply, you you send in the shirts early, maybe even with a different design, and you say, hey, guys, you do. This, is, this is what you're going to wear. Maybe you can even afford to tailor make them for people with funny body shapes. I, I don't know. There's got to be uh, there's got to be a way to do it, right? But we talked about the Aston Villa show the other day, you know, because uh, the sweat gets to it and it looks... Right. And the, like, but how is that even possible? Like, how is this possible? Last season, nobody complained about the socks. What, what? Adidas made, like, make smaller socks on... <laughs> it's just like, this is the bonkers... It, this can't be true. It cannot... At this level, it cannot be true. 
I, I, I don't know, but hey, get in touch. Yeah. Go and deny the story if it's, uh, if it's not true. This is what's being reported. I find this absurd. Uh, me too. Jules, this brings us to an end, oh. but we got to come back on Monday, yes. right? Yes. Because there's so much going on this weekend, starting but not ending with Dear Classicer. How about of that? Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. <laughs>